This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. Welcome one and all to the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. Much to discuss here. You know, the Islanders are a very strange team. And when I say strange, you take a look at the standings and they are where you probably felt that they would be. Uh, a playoff team, but maybe not necessarily competing for you know the the championship of the division. Remember, they did go to the conference final last year, and I think they're an outstanding team. But you take a look closer at them. They underachieved early, but now they're sitting one point out of a playoff spot. Now, granted, Boston's got two games in hand, but the Islanders own Boston, all right? So, and it doesn't really necessarily matter if the Islanders finish in first place or not. That What happened in that third period last night, it's got to make you feel great as an Islander fan to put up five points, five different goal scores, snapping a 2-2 tie, because that's the one thing you wonder about the Islanders, right? When push comes to shove, do they have the offense? And, and we'll find out. But they're perfectly built for the postseason. They are. So it's just a matter of getting there. And I think they can get out of this division. Because the way the playoffs are going to work is it's going to be one versus four, two versus three. And then when you get out of your division, winning the first two rounds, then you recede. I, I don't think there's any reason why this team can't win and get be, be in the final four again. They they have the goaltending. They have the defense. The question is, do they have the offense? And we've seen at times that they clearly can get it done. So maybe it's not going to look amazing in the regular season. You know, it won't be like one of those Tampa Bay Lightning regular seasons we saw a couple of years ago where they just blow everybody away. And then what happened that year? They get bounced in the first round by Columbus. But they're they're, they're going to be there and they're going to make the playoffs. And listen, there's work to be done. They're only two points out of Pittsburgh that's in fifth right now. And Pittsburgh's got a game in hand. So. It's no guarantee you're going to make it, but I think once they do, I think they become the most dangerous team in this division. And I know it's early, and Philadelphia's got their issues with the COVID protocol. Washington had it earlier in the season, all right? Boston has kind of established itself as one of the elite teams in the Eastern Conference and in this year in the Eastern Division. But I'm telling you, this team is exceptionally well-coached, and they are just made for the postseason. You know, I saw Lou Lamorello teams in the past with the Devils kind of do the same thing where when they dominate in the regular season, it'd be like out early. And when they get into the playoffs or be disappointing in the regular season, they'd make runs. You know, if you remember when the Devils won the Cup in 95, you know, they were a sixth seed. They just weren't a team that really got things going in the short season and they end up winning their first Stanley Cup. In 2000, if you remember, Lou Lamorello fired uh, Robbie Fatorik and put Larry Robinson is head coach. Eight games left in the regular season. And that's how disappointed he was in the way the team was closing out the year. And then they go on a run and they win the Stanley Cup. Also coming back from 3-1 down against Philadelphia. You know, So we've seen this where like the Islanders might be a team where it could be touch and go. Are they going to make the playoffs? What's going to happen? But once they get there, they're fine. So I, I think it's a team to keep an eye on. And last night was very, very impressive. Uh, what the Islanders were able to do in that victory over the Boston Bruins. Very, very impressive and something to kind of file away uh, later on. Um, Devils finally figure out the Buffalo Sabres. They win in overtime 4-3. to three. Here's the thing with the Devils. Forget everything about, you know, is Blackwood a good goaltender? Is Hughes ready to turn the corner? Nico Heashier being the captain. You know what it really comes down to for the Devils, honestly? Because I think they're very well coached. I think they've got some firepower. And I think they've got a young defense that's starting that can come into its own. Here's the thing. 
They're dead last in penalty kill. 58.3%. 30th is Philadelphia at 70.2. This team is a joke, shorthanded. A joke. So you're not going anywhere unless they can figure out a way to start killing some penalties. And I'm not saying it's got to be the best. I think Philadelphia's a playoff team, and they're 30th. But at least they're killing 70%. You're killing less than 60%. It's very difficult to take your team seriously. Now, they got 40 shots on goal, played well. Zaka gets the power play, uh, gets the overtime goal, points in eight games. A lot of things to get excited about. That penalty kill, unless it improves dramatically, they're going nowhere. All right, obviously the coaching change didn't have an immediate effect for the Canadians. They lose to Winnipeg by the final score of 6-3. to three. Here's the issue with Montreal. We've discussed this on this podcast many, many times. How do you feel about Carey Price? Because there are people that put him as an elite goaltender. I don't. I think he's a very good goaltender. I think he's a goaltender you can win with. But tell me he's not a major problem for this team. So you can fire the coach, fire the general manager, do whatever you want to make changes. If you're not getting stops between the pipes, you got no shot. I mean, he's 5-4 and four this year, three overtime losses, but you're talking about a save percentage of 888. Goal against a 3.013. I mean, it's over three. Even in this day and age, that's high, but his save percentage is ridiculously low. One of the worst save percentages, not this this year, but going back to last year. And oh, by the way, he's in year three of an eight-year contract. He's not going anywhere. So there's major speculation in Montreal that he just might need to just take a take a rest. Not not just not play, maybe just not even practice. Just take a week away. This team's going nowhere if Carey Price is going to continue to underachieve the way he's underachieving. And it costs a coach a job, and it might end up costing a general manager a job because that contract's going to be an albatross around Bergevin's neck because if he continues to be a downward spiral like this, this is going to be buyout territory. I mean, so he's got to have to turn it around. That's a pretty good hockey team. I don't think the expectations were supposed to be as high as they were. But they got to be better than this. Capitals with a win over the Pittsburgh Penguins, 5-2. to two. Keep an eye on Pittsburgh. As we said, this team, are they a playoff team? It's going to be very difficult to get in. Hurricanes in free fall. Now, three straight losses. They lose to the Lightning 3-1 to one now. Maybe you just kind of call it a tough spot for Carolina all these games in a row against Tampa. Wasn't that long ago. They actually shut out the Lightning, and now they've lost uh, three consecutive. Um, Panthers continue to improve and continue to impress as they rally to beat the Dallas Stars. They look dead in the water. Like midway through the third period in this game, you know, Pavelski and Ben get goals in the second period. So there's like less than seven minutes to play. They're down 2 nothing. It's over. But then Barkoff scores at 13-39. Less than a minute later, Strollman gets his second. Vetrano picks up a goal a little bit after that. So basically in a three-minute span, 2 nothing becomes 3-2. And the Florida Panthers are just starting to to roll a little bit here. So you got to feel good about what they're doing in Florida. Yeah, a couple of mishaps here and there, but overall they've been very good. And this is very important for the Panthers. Sergei Bobrovsky, 37 saves. You know, they're going to need Bobrovsky to be everything they thought they signed a couple of years ago if this is going to be a legit team. Uh, Patrick Kane, goal number 399 of his career, 2 nothing shutout in Columbus for the Chicago Blackhawks. Give, give a hand. I'm going to give a hand to the Ottawa Senators. You know, the Ottawa Senators... They've got a good, young, fun team. Now, they're not going to go anywhere this year, but 
you know, Murray's a legit goaltender. We saw that in Pittsburgh. They're starting to get the Batherson's been good. He had a couple of goals the other night. Uh, scored again last night. Um, Colin White's coming into his own as well. They've got a lot of good young players. You know what Brady Kachuk can do. And they they pick up a 6-1 win over the Calgary Flames. Now, again, they're, they're not a playoff team, but they're an exciting team. They're a fun team. Uh, Strutzel's the guy that they picked up in the third pick overall last year, and now he's starting to come together and he's playing well. He's got a little bit of a bite to him, a little bit of an edge that you like. So you're starting to see the... Um, embryos of a team that might actually grow into something here. I mean, I think you got to like what you're doing there with the Ottawa Senators. That was a nice win. Nashville continues in free fall and they lose in Detroit to the Red Wings by the final score of 4-2. to two. Uh, Gagne gets the hat trick. Bernier, 37 saves. So give the Panthers credit. They threw a lot of rubber at Bernier. Just can't figure it out. A goal and an assist uh, again for Connor McDavid as they shut out the Vancouver Canucks 3 to nothing. Uh, so that's um, that's a good point for the Edmonton Oilers as well. A couple of good points because they, they, they played a massive amount of games, but Edmonton's starting to crawl back up here. They're only right now four points back of Edmonton. Again, they do have one more game played, but they're second place in the National Hockey League. 22 games played, I get it, but they've won five consecutive games. The only team with a longer winning streak is the Los Angeles Kings. So maybe Edmonton's starting to come together. And what really is the thing that is put together for Edmonton right now? It's clearly been their goaltending. That's the problem. You know that they've got the firepower. But now that Smith has come back from his injury, made 32 saves last night, so they've got a combination in goal. If they can get a little bit better goaltending, it's a good team. It's a playoff team. But when you're getting the terrible goaltending they got early, well, then you got really no shot. So the goaltending's been better. Smith coming back from injury, I think, has been important. So good job by the Edmonton Oilers. All right, three games tonight, Bruins and the Rangers for Madison Square Garden. That's a 7 o'clock start as the Rangers have had two games against the Bruins, both at Madison Square Garden, both one-goal losses. Game in overtime and then a one nothing shutout. So they've kind of hung with Boston. They'll have another game with Boston coming up Sunday. I'll have the call with Dave Maloney on that one for a noon start on NBC. So that means the Rangers will have four games in the second half of the season all in Boston against the Bruins. So maybe the Rangers catch a bit of a break after their loss to Philadelphia. Got a day's rest where Boston had that tough third period last night and have to play again tonight. Kings look for their seventh consecutive win. They'll be in Minnesota to take on the Wild, and that'll be at 8 o'clock and at 9 o'clock tonight. The Coyotes are home for the Colorado Avalanche, and you know the Avalanche is trying to still find their way just a little bit. Again, it's so difficult to really determine how good teams are because they're playing the same teams over and over again. You're not getting a chance to get you know, some of those uh, chances to play other teams and, and, and get a feel for things. So it's kind of hard, but this is, what we're, this is what we're leaning on. This is how we're trying to figure it out here. So with that said, I'm going to try to figure it out because it's Friday, and you know what Friday means. Don LaGreca's Friday Top 5. Yeah! Again, it's hard to sift through it all because so many teams have played so many more games than others and who's had injuries and who hasn't played who and all that. But you know what? We're going to give it a try. You guys destroyed it on Twitter last week, so let's see if we can do it again. And where do we start? Number 5. Now, they are not very high in the standings, but I wanted to be able to give some love 
to this team. Matter of fact, they're ranked 15th average. But you know what? They're playing some great hockey. They've got the longest winning streak of any team in the National Hockey League. Let's give some love to the Los Angeles Kings, and let's put them at number five. And what has been the difference for the Kings? Well, kind of a similar situation like in Edmonton. They're finally getting some great goaltender. The combination of Peterson and Quick have been very good for the team. They're not going to overwhelm you offensively, but if they get quality goaltending, they can stay in this thing. I'm not sure how long it's going to last. This might be the only appearance of the top five all year, but I'm going to throw the Los Angeles Kings at number five. Number four. I just mentioned that they've played a lot of games, and that's why they're so high up in the standings, but you can't ignore the Edmonton Oilers. Five straight wins, McDavid, Dreisaitl. What a combination. But now they're getting goaltending with Smith coming back from the injury. Now he's been able to play better. I think that the Edmonton Oilers are starting to march forward. Now, you know they've got a good coach. You know they've got a tremendous amount of firepower. It's not an awful blue line that should get healthier as the season goes on. Now you're getting the goaltending. I got Edmonton at number four. Number three. I've got the Florida Panthers still in the top five. Florida Panthers have been good as of late. They are 7-3 and three in their last 10. They've won an amazing 6-1-1 one one away from home. And Hornquist has been a major acquisition for them. Barkoff has been uh, stellar as usual. Huberto seems to be involved in almost every single play. Again, if you can get consistent goaltending from Bobrovsky, there's no reason to believe the Florida Panthers can't be a very dangerous team uh, in their division. Number two. Starting to creep up, and you've seen it now with the three consecutive wins over Carolina, 7-3 and three over their last 10. The Tampa Bay Lightning are starting to feel it a little bit, and it doesn't matter who's in goal, you know, whether it's uh, last night where they were able to get the backup to be able to come up uh, big for them, and then, of course, you know, Vasilevsky coming off a shutout himself, so they've allowed uh, just one goal in, in 48 hours against the Carolina Hurricanes, so McElhaney doesn't matter, Vasilevsky doesn't matter. You know how good this Tampa Bay team is. They're defending Stanley Cup champions, and I have them at two. Number one. Despite being shut out by Calgary the other night, uh, listen, the Toronto Maple Leafs are still, to me, the best team in the National Hockey League. The goaltending has been very underrated. It really hasn't had to be good because the offense has been tremendous, and they're 7-2-1 in their last 10. They're great at home. They're great on the road. There really isn't too many things to complain about. And even with Matthews slowing down the last couple of games after they got shut out by the Flames and then they came back and beat the Flames, you know, Nylander comes up big with the goal in the reg- regulation, the goal in overtime. You know, you've got so many good players on that team. And in this division, it doesn't seem to matter about the defense because nobody seems to play it. And I think that will eventually be the downfall for Toronto. But it could be more than enough to get out of this division, more than enough for them to be able to get to the conference final. And I still think they're the best team in the National Hockey League. So that is the top five. Argue all you want. How can I have the 15th place Kings at five? You know what? That's what. Make your own list if you don't like it. All right, let's hear from you. At Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. And let's start it off with Alex, who says, I know you're a big book guy. Any recommendations on what you're reading now could be hockey or unrelated? Well, I just read the Barack Obama book. My um, sister-in-law gave me a book about... um, a Gaelic football star who's actually related to my wife. He died in 1952. So I'm actually reading something about Gaelic football from 60 years ago of a guy that I never met. His name is John Joe O'Reilly. 
So I just started reading that book because I, I, I'm crazy. The, the hockey stuff, I mean, I've got so many great hockey books. I just read a great book on Toe Blake during the pandemic, which really gives you a great history uh, of the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, those are some books that I've read. I've got another book uh, that I've got in reserve that I got for my birthday as well, the Jerry Seinfeld autobiography. So those are the books that I'm reading right now. But a lot of great hockey books. Brian Burke's got a book out that is supposed to be very good definitely get i didn't get a chance to to get that to read it i have it i haven't gotten a chance to read it yet but there's a lot of lot of good hockey books uh jonathan says looking forward to sunday's game of the new york rangers what should we expect well i guess you're talking about from a fan perspective because it's tough to tell what to expect because there's so much up in the air um earlier today david quinn said he expects some lineup changes but i'm not sure what lineup changes he can have if indeed miller is still in, in COVID protocol with Kako. Heedle is is skating but is not ready to play just yet. Truba's out with the broken thumb, so I don't know what they plan on doing. There's not supposed to be any call-ups from what I understand, so I don't know what shuffling might actually happen. But uh, the fans in the building, I, I think that's going to energize things a little bit. I mean, it's only going to be 1,800 people. But I think they're going to be excited to be there. We're going to find out tonight for the first time. And then Sunday, I'm sure there'll be uh, just as many people there for an afternoon game. So, But what to expect? Listen, here's what I expect. When the Rangers and the Bruins get together, if you look at the history and you look at the first two games this year, it's going to be low scoring and it's going to be a one-goal game. That's just always the way it works. Uh, Troy says, growing up, did you like any other teams outside the original six or outside the Eastern time zone? Yeah, well... I fell in love. Don't ask me why. Maybe it was the uniform. But I, I worked at Sports Phone, so we got the satellite dish, so we were able to watch out-of-town hockey all the time. And I was there for the start of the San Jose Sharks. And I always just really enjoyed the Sharks. I did. I was always fascinated by the way that they played, their uniforms, and you know the arch, the whole Archer Zerbe thing, and the Pat Balloon is the second overall pick, and what was that the '92 draft? And there was just so many things that just made it fun to watch them. Uh, Ryan Craigwell, if you remember him on the Sharks, it, there was like a lot of just fun. They weren't a very good team, but they were just fun to watch. And I remember, I, I guess he was filling in, but you know Stu Nahum, who obviously um, did the boxing scenes in Rocky. And he had that cameo appearance in Fast Times at Richmond High. He actually did a few games for the San Jose Sharks back in their infancy. And Pete Stemkowski, who I work with occasionally with the Rangers, also was a television personality out there in San Jose with the Sharks. And then, then as I started doing games and I started to get to know uh, Dan Rusinowski and, 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 and the great job that he does on the radio... Um, all their announcers and Jamie Baker and uh, Brett Hedekin now starting to work for them. Uh, great guys. Randy Hahn is a tremendous television personality there too. So yeah, the Sharks would probably be the easy answer there. Uh, David says, here's my top five retro reverse jerseys. It's in no order, but these are what I think are the five best. He's got one Minnesota, couldn't agree more. Two Colorado, absolutely. Three New Jersey, pretty solid. Four Carolina because it's the Hartford Whaler throwback. Love that. And number five, Montreal. Uh, he says also wants to throw honorable mentions out to Washington, Los Angeles, and Florida. Um, I can tell you the ones that are awful. I'm not a big fan of the Rangers, not a big fan of the Leafs. Um, some of them just looked awful, and you can't even see the numbers in some of them, but still – 
Um, I think it's actually a pretty good thing the National Hockey League is doing. Ozzy says, I know it's, um, it's uh, me daydreaming, but embracing the uniqueness of the season, what are your thoughts on this year's award, uh, having awards per, uh, awards per division, Masterson per team? That's, that, that's interesting, right? Because you know you don't get to play everybody. So would you want to have like four Norris Trophy winners or four? I don't know. That's, that's a very good point. I mean, it seems like it's a bit much, but now that I think about it, I, yeah, because you're not playing outside of your division. Should there just be individual awards for each division? That's a that's a pretty good thought. Maybe that's something that they might actually uh, get a chance to do. I'm not, I don't think they will do it, but yeah, it's, it's not awful. Uh, Anthony says, hi, Don. Glad to see people returning to the Garden tonight. Um, do you think this will help some teams struggling at home, such as the Sabres, Rangers, and Devils? I, it can't hurt, right? Uh, there's What I saw, and we saw it with the football with the Buffalo Bills, 6,500 people in that building for a playoff game that made a difference. You know, at the Nick game we saw the other night, them chanting MVP to Randall. That makes a difference. So I think the people that get into the Garden, they're going to be diehards. I think the people that get into into Buffalo, into New Jersey, they'll be diehard fans. They'll be heard from. It's got to feel. It's got to feel weird, right? I, like I said, the biggest difference for me calling a game in an empty building is when Joe Tallis and the PA announcer it says, you know, the New York Rangers, and now your New York Rangers, and they skate on the ice, and there's nothing. There's zero. Yeah, there's piped-in sound, but there's there's no fans banging on the glass. There's nobody begging for pucks during warm-ups. That's got to kind of take you out of your game, no? And you know the people that are going to be there are all going to be there for the warm-ups, and they're going to be cheering their teams, and they're going to have signs, and that's got that that has to inspire you in some way. Unfortunately, it might actually inspire the other team too. So just getting people in the building I think is going to be terrific. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to tonight. I'm looking forward to calling the game on Sunday with some people in the building. So I do think it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, this was a good one. You want to reach out to me, you always can at, at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. Monday always means EJ Raddick, so we'll talk to EJ. Hopefully nothing changes with the uh, – uh, with his schedule, and we'll get a conversation with him and recap the weekend and get deeper and deeper as we'll be hitting March, believe it or not. Now, it's not going to be the March we usually know because we're not even at the half point of the season, but at least weather-wise, it's going to feel uh, pretty normal. So looking forward to hearing from you. We'll be back again on Monday. This was the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.